0: Well, those of us who are fortunate these days to have a job certainly look forward to a very special day in our work week. And that, of course, is payday. A day when we receive the reward for all of our labors. They're called wages. The money that we've earned. The money that we've worked hard for. The money that we rightly deserve. Well, the Bible speaks about wages as well. However, these wages are not the kind that we look forward to. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, we read this. For the wages of sin is death. Yes, these wages are the consequences of our sin and disobedience toward God. Wages that we don't really want to get. But the verse, of course, has a brighter side as well. And it continues on to say this, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, gifts are so different from wages, aren't they? You don't earn a gift, you don't pay for it, and you don't even deserve it. It's free especially for you, and it's paid for by another. In today's broadcast, evangelist Mr. Frank Sona puts this question to you. What will it be? The wages or the gift? It has to be one or the other. And he goes on to explain what God means by wages. Why are there wages for sin? And What are they? Does everybody receive these wages? And what about the gift? What is the gift of God, and how can it be received for myself? So let's listen to Mr. Frank Sona as he begins today's message by quoting this well-known Bible verse in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23.
1: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's amazing to read in this letter the word gift appears more times in the book of Romans than any other epistle in the New Testament. And yet, the book of Romans is also the background of a legal court. It tells us about the claims of the law that have been leveled against individuals and their sins. And yet, this book tells us that what the law could not do, the Lord Jesus did. The truth of the gift. All the requirements for a person, a sinner, to be made fit to go to heaven is found in this gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I like this verse. There are a number of verses that I like. I like every verse, of course, in the Bible. But my favorite verse in the Bible is John 3.16. I was saved through the truth of that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There are a number of you. are probably going ahead in your mind because you know the verse that's so familiar. And yet the depths of that verse are so great. I hope there's no one here tonight and the familiarity of that verse is such that you just kind of, you know, push it to one side, especially if you're not saved. But when I think of this verse, it's sheer simplicity. It's truth that is so undeniable. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want you to picture in your mind as you read this verse, particularly two pairs of hands. And in between these two pairs of hands, there is a third pair of hands. The pair of hands in the middle are the pair of hands that touch the leper. They are the hands that picked up the child. They are the hands that stopped funerals. They are ultimately the hands that hold universal dominion and authority. But they are eternally the hands that are nail-pierced. The Lord Jesus bears in his hands the marks of what it took to provide this gift. But at the opposite ends of this verse, there are two other sets of hands. In the beginning of this verse, I want you to think of a pair of hands that are grasping, working, toiling, dying, perishing. Their hands are full of the wages of sin. They have picked up, so to speak, the tools of the trade, and they have received payment. The payment, death. At the other end of the verse, at the opposite end of the spectrum, is a pair of hands holding a gift. It has been received with thankfulness and appreciation. It has been taken to oneself. I want to tell you tonight, not only myself, there are other people in this audience that have received this gift. They have trusted the Lord Jesus. We have received eternal life. We know we are going to heaven. There are other people, and I just wonder in this audience, you've never taken that. You've never received him. You've never taken the place where you realize that you desperately need this gift. And so you're lost. You're on your way to hell. You're in your sins. You're earning your wages, whether you realize it or not. The great truth of the gospel tonight is this, that there has been a gift that has been provided freely and fully, at no cost to yourself, provided so that you could take Him, receive Christ, and have your sins forgiven, your debt paid, your slate, as it were, wiped clean, and you could get to heaven. I'm looking over an audience tonight to think of every individual in this gathering that represents an eternity. Staggering. I hope it staggers you tonight, friend, that there will never come a time in your existence when you will cease to be. You will exist forever. There are some in this meeting we will live forever. But if you're not saved tonight in this meeting, you will exist forever. But the point is, every one of us will never cease to be. That makes a meeting like this of absolutely tremendous consequences. Two pairs of hands. One pair of hands has a gift certificate. The other pair of hands has a death certificate. What are in your hands tonight? Where do you stand? In light of an eternity that will never end, where do you stand tonight? Because you're going. There's nothing you can do about it. You will be in eternity one day. You younger folk, you know, you think you've got all the time in the world. There's someone here and you're younger and you almost think life is just invincible, bulletproof. I assure you, you are not. This verse teaches very clearly, the wages of sin is death. I want you to think of the beginning of this verse. And I want you to think about the wages, the wages of sin. They're contrasted with the gift of God. Something a person earns, works for, something that is given freely. What a contrast. When I think of these wages, I want you to think of something which is unchangeable. First of all, unchangeable. There's a man in our Old Testament in the Bible, his name is Jacob. He got employment with a relative named Laban. And it says that he talks to Laban after a while and he says, you know what you've done? He says, you've changed my wages 10 times. And I assure you that they didn't fluctuate going up and down. They started high and likely went low. Or maybe they started low and went lower. That's the kind of man Laban was. We live in a day where people work for what is called minimum wage. And the workers that start, you always hope the wage changes. It bumps its way up little by little. That changes. This wage does not change. It's set by God. And not only is it, it's not minimum wage. It's a losing proposition. It's something that what you work for, you will lose your soul. The wages of sin is death. It is unchangeable. Number two, it's universal. I was in a place recently where I looked at the board And, in fact, it was the airport. And my eyes scanned the board and you could see it, whether it was the yen or the peso or the Canadian dollar or the American dollar or the Swiss franc or the euro. There are all the listings of all the currencies. This is a global currency in its truest form. It is a wage that is universal. You could go from Australia to America. You could go from the largest populated city to the smallest town. You could go... Anywhere you want. And this wage is universal. It is global currency in its truest sense. Because you see, and I know you've heard this one out of one die. The wages of sin is death. Death is no respecter of persons. You know what is staggering too? Not only the aspect that we are all eternal in that sense. You know, you think about this. There is someone in this meeting. I don't know who you are. Maybe you're in that section up there. But there is someone in this meeting. That is closer to death than any other person here. It might be tonight. Where are you going? Where will you be? You need to get this matter settled. You need to face facts. And these are facts. When we preach the gospel, we like to assume that people believe the Bible. That at least people will come to this book with an understanding that it is the Word of God. Yet we live in a world where there are so many that deny it or debate it. Or seek to even discuss it. Listen, friend, what is not up for discussion tonight is this. That there is a reality called death. And you are going to die one day. And the reality of your death is of utmost seriousness and importance. Where will you be? I was at a funeral just a couple of weeks ago. Hundreds of people looking at the the box. The polished wood. You know, we try to dress it up. We try to make it something it's not. You know, it's amazing when you read in the book of Genesis, it says that they embalmed Israel. That's the best that we can do with death. can do nothing. But what struck me the most as we rose to our feet, and there we were, hundreds of people looking at that box and knowing the body that was in that casket, was life at best is very brief, like the falling of a leaf, like the binding of a sheaf be in time. But the second verse then, as we thought of what was in that box, The remains, fairest flowers soon decay. Youth and beauty pass away. Oh, you have not long to stay. Be in time. The wages of sin is death. It's undeniable. It's universal. It's unchangeable. The question is this. Where will you be? The wages of sin is death. When you think about a gift, I, I don't know what goes through your mind. There's. Uh, I know sometimes we have children's meetings. You ask some of the children, what's the best gift you've ever received? Different gifts. Some of the gifts that maybe you've received over the years, you think, uh, especially when you're older, you think, well, if I keep that, I can give that to somebody else at some time or something. It just wasn't really what you needed or what you wanted. A gift should show how much you care. It quite does. When they give you very little, you think, well, they, they care very little. What did God give? Who did God give? He gave his only son. He gave the best. The Lord Jesus suffered and bled and died so that you could have eternal life. There's no one that's ever given you a gift like that. No one can. Talk talk about gifts that are practical, gifts that are needed, gifts that are useful. You know, when you look at what society has deemed valuable and people racing to the stores to get a, I I don't want to be, I don't want to be funny here really, but I mean, some of these things, uh, whether it's a Tickle Me Elmo or a Furby or uh, some of these uh, gifts that have gone up, and they have escalated in value. They have literally been driven to the point of it's 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 ridiculous. Thousands of dollars for some furry thing, you know? Practical? No. Needed? No. This gift is so practical. You need this gift, friend. I want to tell you something that you need to be saved. The reality of being saved is not something. To help you get over the rough spots of life. It's not something to give you a different way of thinking. It's not religion. It's not joining a church. It's not being part of a group or a club. Salvation, the gift of salvation, is a soul being made fit for heaven. And never perishing. Having eternal life. Are you ready tonight? If the Lord Jesus were to come tonight, if the shout were given, And he were to come, and in a moment of time, this auditorium were literally evacuated of every single believer. Would you be ready? you have eternal life? Or would you still be in your seat? Carrying out the affairs of life without Christ, without God, without hope. Or tonight, if individually it were your turn to die. Your time. Would you be ready? Have you received this gift? So practical. So needed. So necessary. Something else about it, it's personal. Not only is the gift practical, it's personal. I get a kick out of the, some of these letters you get from um, some of these uh, mail order places or uh, merchants, you know. They try to make it sound so personal. And they say, dear Mr. And they always, why do they spell your name? Like I happen to be Frank Sona Jr. And they always say, dear Sona Jr. You know, they put your name together. You say, they don't even know me. They're trying to make it that they know me. And they want to be, you know, kind of almost, you can just picture the arm coming out of the letter. Hello, Mr. Sona. Nothing personal about it. And there's always a catch. We have a free gift for you. If you buy this, you get this. That's not a gift. And it's not personal. God loves you. And he wants to save you personally. He has a gift for you. There's someone tonight in this meeting, maybe there's someone you say, I would like to be saved. How, How can I be saved? How can I know I will never perish? Well, friend, tonight here is a personal gift for you given by the very God of heaven. As He gives His only Son at Calvary's cross, He says, come, look at that spot. View that scene. See what I have done for you. Because you're a sinner. Because your sins are taking you far away. And every day, listen friend, make no mistake about it, every day you stay in your sins, you get further and further away from God. So He is pursuing you. He is coming after you. It was like that in the Garden of Eden. God sought for Adam, and it has always been that way. This book itself tells us there is none that seeketh after God. It is God that seeks the sinner. It is heaven that longs for your soul to be saved. And if there's anyone that mourns the most, when a soul goes over into eternity, lost, in that passage of Revelation 20, I believe this, there'll be no heart that will be broken more than his own heart. To think of all that he's done, the greatest gift that's ever been given, And you missed it. You went your own way. You wanted to work with your own hands. Live your own life. Die your own death. And you went off into eternity. Not found. Not saved. Lost. When there it was, the greatest gift. That monument of love. Calvary. Established eternally in truth. That there was the Son of God who was willing that you be saved. And he gave himself at Calvary's cross. It's so personal. It's so practical. But something else, it's possible. There are gifts tonight <laughs> some of us would love to have. I remember walking through the Smithsonian Institute in Washington, D.C. And as we made our way through the quarters, my wife and I entered in one room and there was the Hope Diamond, <laughs> that massive stone. And it turned there and scintillated in the light. And my wife looked at it and I looked over and I says, don't get any ideas. I could never give it. And she could never get it. Tonight it's possible for a sinner in this meeting a soul bound for hell to get the greatest gift ever eternal life do you have it do you have him the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord i was reading recently at 16 people every day Sixteen people every day die in the United States while waiting for an organ transplant that never comes. Right now, there are over 85,000 names that are on an organ transplant waiting list. The list grows rapidly while the amount of donors does not. The expression almost has become a catchphrase, give the gift of life. A person becomes a donor. People dying, waiting for the gift of life. If there's someone here tonight in this meeting and you would like to be saved, the gift is fully available. There's no waiting list. There's no queue. Everyone that comes receives him immediately. I want to ask you tonight as I close. I'm looking into the faces of people and you're perishing in your sins. You are dying. You need to be saved. If there's someone in this meeting tonight and you are not fit, not ready, not saved, you are in your sins, you are perishing. Tonight, friend, would you give your soul all the attention and seriousness that it deserves? Because if you died tonight, you would lose the greatest thing. You would lose your own soul. You would go to hell. Would you trust him? Come. For all things are now ready. The gift is there. Who receives it? A person who comes to God on his terms. A person who comes to God as lost and guilty. Undeserving. A person who comes and recognizes, I am the sinner. I am the one that needs to be saved. That I have nothing in myself. I have no good. There's nothing to commend myself. Maybe that's why some of you are not saved. Because you've never come to the point where you've admitted honestly before God if I got what I deserved, that God would be right to send me in hell. Maybe there's some argument. Maybe there's some debate. Maybe you're looking at others. Maybe you're trying to compare yourself and thinking, well, I'm not as bad as that person. Listen, there's no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This gift is only for the lost, for the hopeless, for the helpless. It's for sinners. And they're the only people that get
0: it. My friend, will you be content with the wages, judgment for your sins, eternal separation from the God who loves you, or will you be willing to agree with God that you are lost and guilty? Will you look off to the Christ of Calvary and receive the gift of eternal life that he alone can give? We hope that Mr. Sona's message has stirred you to do just that. Eternal life and blessings too many to mention will be yours. Receive God's free gift today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you to understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at email at anchorpointradio.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad that you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Christians who are meeting in various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday night as well as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. No collection is ever taken, and the very warm welcome awaits you. And if you've been challenged by today's message, would like to know more about the truth of the gospel, or of gathering under the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, following New Testament principles, please feel free to check out our website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information, as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the Gospel Hall nearest you. Also, feel free to take a look at other literature and audio offers at anchorpointradio.com, where you can also subscribe to our AnchorPoint podcast. My name is John Sharp, and thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that in times like these, you need a savior. And in times like these, you need an anchor.